Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and Intentional Ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. Hi everyone, we've got a handful of headlines for today's Pelicanus News. I've categorized them into drawdown and technology. These stories are truly incredible and also reminders to me that conservation can actually work. Alright, first category, drawdown. The first headline here. Uh, in world first, New Zealand to make banks report climate impact. This is coming out of fizz.org. New Zealand will force banks to reveal the impact their investments have on climate change under world-first legislation intended to make the financial sector's environmental record transparent, officials have said. Commerce Minister David Clark said the law would make climate reporting mandatory for banks, insurance companies, and investment firms. Becoming the first country in the world to introduce a law like this means we have an opportunity to show real leadership and pave the way for other countries to make climate-related disclosures mandatory. Clark said it would force financial institutions to consider the real-world impact their investments have on the climate and allow the public to gauge their performance. It is important that every part of New Zealand's economy is helping us cut emissions and transition to a low-carbon future, he said. If passed, this legislation will make climate reporting mandatory by 2023. All right, second one here out of the WashingtonPost.com. Biden plans to cut emissions at least in half by 2030. <laughs> President Biden pledges to slash U.S. greenhouse gas emissions at least in half by the end of this decade. The move comes as Biden convenes a virtual summit of more than three dozen world leaders aimed at representing a near doubling of the target that the nation committed to under the 2015 Paris Climate Agreement when Barack Obama vowed to cut emissions by 26 to 28 percent compared with 2005 levels. All right, this third one is coming out of biologicaldiversity.org. California is going to ban fracking and phase out fossil fuels. <laughs> California Governor Gavin Newsom directed state agencies to stop issuing new fracking permits by 2024 and analyze pathways to phase out oil extraction in California by 2045. It's historic and globally significant that Governor Newsom has committed California to phase out fossil fuel production and ban fracking. But we don't have time for studies and delays, said Casey Siegel, director of the Center for Biological Diversity's Climate Law Institute. California's living next to these dirty and dangerous drilling operations need protection from oil industry pollution today. Every fracking and drilling permit issued does more damage to our health and climate. 
The announcement marks a welcome shift in Governor uh, Newsom's position on hydraulic fracturing, commonly known as fracking. Newsom had previously and incorrectly asserted he didn't have the power to ban fracking, calling on the legislature to do so instead. Honda aims to go all electric by 2040. NPR.org is saying that Honda said it's plans to sell only zero emissions vehicles across all major markets by 2040, becoming the latest automaker to set a concrete target date for phasing out gas and diesel powered engines. In North America, the Japanese automaker said it would aim for 40% of its sales to be zero emissions vehicles by 2030 and plans to increase the proportion to 80% by 2035. The company also pledged to go completely carbon neutral in its own operations by 2050. I love this statement. Uh, Honda wants to continue to be a company that people want to exist. Honda's new CEO, Toshihiro Mibe, said in a statement, that is what we want to achieve. Mibe, previously the company's head of research and development, also said the company would strive for zero traffic collision fatalities involving its vehicles leaning on advanced driver assistance programs to prevent crashes. Also from NPR.org, uh, a German court in orders revisions to climate law, citing major burdens on youth. I think we covered this last year because there was a few uh, court cases involving climate change and youth. And this is, to, to the best of my knowledge, I think this is the, the first one that's actually um, been completed. Germany's highest court has sided with young activists in a landmark climate case, ruling that some of the aspects of the country's climate protection legislation are unconstitutional because they place too much of a burden for reducing greenhouse gas emissions on younger generations. The constitutional court is giving the government until the end of next year to set clearer targets for reducing greenhouse emissions starting in 2031, calling the current provisions incompatible with fundamental rights because they lack specificity and irreversibly offload major emission reduction burdens onto the next decade and beyond. These future obligations to reduce emissions have an impact on practically every type of freedom because virtually all aspects of human life still involve the emission of greenhouse gases and are thus potentially threatened by drastic restrictions after 2030, the court said in a statement. Therefore, the legislature should have taken precautionary steps to mitigate these major burdens in order to safeguard the freedom guaranteed by fundamental rights. The case was brought by nine climate activists, some of whom are still very young, <laughs> the court noted, with the backing of environmental organizations, all of whom are celebrating the verdict as a historic win. In the technology category, the first one here is fun. This is from the World Economic Forum. Um, Scientists have created the whitest paint in the world that could help us fight global warming. Scientists at Purdue University say they've created a new paint that's so ultra-white it could do away with the need for air conditioners while helping to fight climate change. If you were to use this paint to cover a roof area of about a thousand square feet, we estimate that you could get a cooling power of 10 kilowatts, said Julien Rouen. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, Purdue professor of mechanical engineering. That's more powerful than the central air conditioners used by most houses. From abcnews.go.com, winners of $20 million contest make concrete to trap carbon dioxide. 
There are two winners of a $20 million contest to make products from carbon dioxide emitted by power plants. Both winners made concrete that trapped carbon dioxide, keeping it out of the atmosphere where it can contribute to climate change. Production of cement, concrete's key ingredient, counts for 7% of global emissions of the greenhouse gas, said Marcus Extavor, I think that's how you pronounce his name, ex-prize vice president of climate and energy. So it's not surprising that the winning teams focused on reducing emissions associated with concrete, which will be a game changer for global decarbonization, he said in a statement. The $20 million prize had two parts, one at a coal-fired power plant in Wyoming and the other at a gas-fired power plant in Alberta, Canada. The contest focused on using carbon dioxide nabbed from the plant's smokestacks and the winners show that they can trap emissions in cement, making stronger concrete in some cases. The winner at the Wyoming plant, Los Angeles-based Carbon Built, used carbon dioxide to cure concrete, trapping it in a process that also emitted less of the greenhouse gas compared with traditional cement production, according to XPRIZE. The winner in Alberta was Carbon Cure Technologies, based in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, which, re- which showed it can eject- inject carbon dioxide into water used to wash out cement trucks and mixers at a cement plant, resulting in a mix that makes stronger concrete. The two winners will split $15 million. And the last one uh, should make every coffee drinker very happy. This is coming out of ScienceDaily.com. Coffee waste can boost tropical forest recovery. A new study finds that coffee pulp, a waste product of coffee production, can be used to speed up tropical forest recovery on post-agricultural land. These findings are published in the British Ecological Society journal, Ecological Solutions and Evidence. In the study, researchers from ETH Zurich and the University of Hawaii spread 30 dump truck loads of coffee pulp on a 35 by 40 meter area of degraded land in Costa Rica and marked out a similar sized area without coffee pulp as control. The results were dramatic, said Dr. Rebecca Cole, lead author of the study. The area treated with a thick layer of coffee pulp turned into a small forest in only two years, while the control plot remained dominated by non-native pasture grasses. After only two years, the coffee pulp treated area had 80% canopy cover compared to 20% in the control area. The canopy in the coffee pulp area was also four times taller than that of the control area. The addition of the half meter thick layer of the coffee pulp eliminated the invasive pasture grasses which dominated the land. These grasses are often a barrier to forest succession and the removal allowed native pioneer tree species that arrived as seeds through wind and animal dispersal to recolonize the area quickly. The researchers also found that after two years, nutrients including carbon, nitrogen, and phosphorus were significantly elevated in the coffee pulp treated area compared to the control. This is a promising finding given former tropical agricultural land is often highly degraded and poor soil quality can delay forest succession for decades. All right, I hope these stories bring some optimism and lightness to your month and I look forward to sharing more in the future.